Hello, audio listeners, and welcome to another exciting episode of the Fitness Line Down podcast. Well, guess what? I'm taking a backseat today. I know where my strengths lie, and I know where other people's strengths lie. So I'm bringing on, for the best interest of this episode, an expert, someone that could talk about this topic better than me. So sit back, relax, and enjoy. Here comes your regularly scheduled podcast episode. everyone and welcome to the fitness line down podcast now if you've been a regular listening to fld's podcast you might be thinking hey this voice sounds familiar and you would be right because it is megan the trainer registered dietitian i am doing a podcast takeover okay well that was really exciting So you get to hear me jabber on for the next 30 minutes, one hour, three days. Who knows how long this is going to go? I'm just kidding. I'm not going to hold you podcast hostage for that long. Okay, so Corey had asked me to take over our podcast for this episode um, because the topic that we're going to be talking about, I feel like I can say that I am an expert in. And he has no idea what he's talking about. So here I am. I'm just kidding. He's still very knowledgeable. But The topic that we are going to be breaking down in this episode is going to be strength training specifically for women. So now for the guys that are listening, you might be ready to change the channel, but hear me out for just a hot second. If you are a fitness professional and working with female clients, this will help you be a better coach. If you have females in your life that you care about, this podcast is still for you. This will make you a better friend or family member to them, to all the women in your life. You can say, hey, I heard this Megan chick talking about something on this podcast that you might benefit from, and they might reply with, wow, that Megan sounds really cool. Okay, maybe that's not really how your conversation is going to transpire, but you never really know. Okay, so strength training for women. We're going to kind of bounce around a few different topics today. So hopefully, again, this is all things that you are excited to learn about because I am excited to deliver the information to you. Okay, so back when I was in school at UWL, University of Wisconsin-La Crosse, in my exercise, sports, science, fitness classes, we would talk a lot about strength training and creating strength workouts. So what movements should we include? How should we coach them? What kind of things should we be looking for? If you're working with a power athlete, do this. If you're working with an endurance athlete, do this. I distinctly remember one day we were going through a unit that was titled special populations, and I use air quotes on this. So topics for our special populations included working with kids, helping them develop their fine motor skills, when is it appropriate to introduce them into the gym settings, and clients who maybe have recently been cleared from like a rehab program after a surgery or after an injury, how do you progress them appropriately? What kind of things should you be mindful of as they kind of make their transition away from physical therapy, occupational therapy, and back into the fitness realm? Well, one topic that we covered was working with female clients. So can you believe that? Basically, 50% of the population was being classified as a special population. 
I will save my soapbox for another day. But this really goes to show how there are some misunderstandings and some really outdated recommendations when it comes to strength training and working with women in that strength training field. A lot of the things that we covered in that class include some old school recommendations that maybe at one point serve to be really helpful and beneficial, but I feel like with a lot of the stuff that I have come to know and have experienced, we know better, so therefore let's do better so we can all be better, right? So a few things that I just want to clarify too, when we talk about strength training, this is essentially me saying anything with resistance. So this could be coming into FLD and working with kettlebells and sandbags and bands and body weight. This still could also be applicable if you're somebody who goes into the gym and uses free weights or any of the machine equipment or pulleys. So really, again, it's coming back to using some form of resistance. I feel like sometimes when we hear strength training, we automatically think of the big meatheads in the gym who wear that huge belt and they grunt uber loud and aggressively drop their weights. So that is obviously one side of strength training, but not always. It doesn't have to always look like that, especially here at Fitness Lying Down. That is definitely a different kind of vibe that we have for strength training. And a lot of the strength training that we do here, the goal is not to make you muscle strong, but to make you like movement strong. So what do I mean by that? With muscle strength, that's again, like let's just pick up the heaviest object and let's either do it for the most amount of reps or what's the heaviest weight I can do for one rep. That's where that kind of muscle strength comes into play. However, again, here at Fitness Lying Down, we've got that movement strength. So how can you navigate gravity through our various seven movement patterns? Again, our squat, our hinge, our lunge, our gait, our rotation or anti-rotation, push and pull. So how can we navigate those movements and be strong in that movement? Now, why do we want movement strength versus just muscle strength? Well, movement strength is what you're going to experience every day. So going up the stairs, how can you be stronger carrying in your groceries? For me, carrying around my heavy child. So he is definitely not a light load by any means. So how can I prepare my body to make sure that I can move throughout my day without getting injured? So that's, again, where the things that we do here at Fitness Line Down are going to set you up for success for that movement strength compared to that muscle strength. And so when we also talk about strength training, again, sometimes this means that you have to pick the heaviest weight and you can't do any cardio. That's also not what I'm saying either. Again, any kind of resistance still counts as strength training. Cardio is also still beneficial, but strength training also needs to be included. Now, a lot of times for a lot of women, I feel like that's kind of the stereotype is that when you go into the gym, you find your cardio machine, you hop on your treadmill, you hop on your elliptical, and you just go at that steady state for hours and hours and hours on end. At least that's what it felt like when I used to do that. But I know better now, and I don't really do that anymore. So cardio is still going to be helpful. It's still going to be a benefit to your heart and to your lungs. But strength training, not only is it going to build your muscle and make you stronger, but strength training can help with our physical health. It can help with our weight management. It can help us with our hormones. It can help with bone health. It can help with so many other things. And that's why it's really important to include strength training really at any point in your life, at any season in your life, it is always applicable to include some kind of strength training or resistance training. So now when we kind of compare men and women, typically for men, they kind of flatline their entire life. There's a little blip in the radar around puberty, but otherwise for the rest of their life from that point on, they pretty much stay the same. 
Now, for us ladies, on the other hand, our life has very, very distinct seasons, and all of those seasons have very different things that happen. Our life is like a never-ending roller coaster, and there's usually roller coasters within the roller coasters. What a crazy amusement ride that would be. So again, we go through all these different seasons, and at each one of these different seasons, strength training can still play a part. So some different things to kind of expand on, at least when it comes to strength training. One big misunderstanding that I often hear from a lot of women when they come in, whether it was here or again back when I used to work at a different gym, or even during my schooling, is that a lot of women, a lot of females didn't want to get bulky. So they didn't want to start strength training. They didn't want to start lifting weights because they didn't want to turn into a Hulk. They didn't want to have these bulging muscles and have to, you know, change their entire wardrobe just to fit, you know, their body into a different, you know, set of clothes. Now, here's the thing. It is quite difficult (laughs) to get bulky. Even for men, this is still something that you have to put a ton of intention into. So there's some definite differences between, again, hormonally at least, where it's going to be difficult to like bulk bulk like that. So it's really going to come down to what are you eating? How are you training? What is the intensity of your sessions looking like? So it's not a guarantee, so to say, that you are going to turn into the Hulk just by lifting a 10-pound kettlebell like a couple times a month. That is like the farthest myth ever and misconception, I think. So you will not get bulky. Now, again, if some women also want to just come in and get some definition in their muscles, that's where strength training is still going to come into play because we need to define those muscles. We need to strengthen those muscles, give them some shape. So that way you have some curves to your body. Now, usually this is where some women say like, well, can't I just accomplish that when I'm doing cardio? I just burn a lot of calories when I'm on, you know, the treadmill. And so, although like there's some truth to that, doing endless amounts of cardio in that moment, in that period of time while you're doing cardio, sure, you could definitely burn way more calories than you might during a strength training session. So again, some women are like, ha ha, see, cardio burns more calories. But here's the cool thing about strength training. When we build up our muscle, that is going to increase your metabolism. So everybody's always asking for the secrets to speed up your metabolism and drink this special tea and eat these special, you know, herbs and things. And there might be some merit to that, but is it really going to make that big of a difference in the grand scheme of things? Probably not. But strength training and building muscle mass, increasing your lean mass in your body, that will build your metabolism. It will lift your metabolism. So why is this important? Why does anybody, why, why does this matter? Now, if we have a higher metabolism, that means that we're going to burn more calories all day long. So cardio is kind of that quick investment, but strength training, this is the long-term investment. So not only are you going to be burning calories when you're coming in for your um, strength training session, but now when you go home, when you go about your other daily activities, you're going to be burning calories at a higher rate as well. So from a weight loss perspective, strength training still has a part. Cardio, again, as I mentioned before, still has a part two, but doing endless amounts of cardio is not the solution if you have weight loss goals. Strength training is still very, very applicable to that. The other thing that often comes into play for women and strength training is bone health. Now, we definitely don't want to be 
breaking bones at old age because that can oftentimes be really physically debilitating sometimes it can be really mentally challenging as well just because now you might not have the same freedoms that you once had and so with bone health it's really important yes to be getting calcium from your diet i'm a dietitian so yes i talk about this a lot so it is yes important to get calcium phosphorus magnesium all of those minerals that make up your bone matrix and vitamin d and all of that stuff yes that is very important that we want to be getting that but we also need strength training to give those nutrients like an end goal the analogy that i often tell clients is thinking about my husband so craig he works in construction so he shows up at these job sites they have different trailers different you know piles and things of all of the building materials that they need for their specific project. So maybe this is sheets of drywall, maybe this is bricks, maybe it's lumber, I don't know, depends on the project. So that in our bodies is kind of like, again, making sure that we have enough calcium, vitamin D, all of those things. So yes, we need those raw materials, but we also need Craig to come in and to put that material to use. So that's kind of the same thing here then when it comes to our bone health is that we need strength training to tell those raw materials where to go. So when you're in using, again, weights, when we're using some resistance, that is essentially not only, again, are we strengthening your muscles, but you're strengthening your bones. The act of pulling on our bones, like of our muscles pulling on our bones, that stimulates your body to lay down more bone tissue. Now, this is important because we want that. We want more bone tissue. We want more dense bones. We don't want osteoporosis, right? So this is where kind of diet and exercise are going to come into play and play a huge role when it comes to bone health. We've had multiple clients who have come to us and maybe at one point have gone into the doctor and said, hey, you know, you might be osteopenic. So this is kind of showing signs that you're going to develop osteoporosis or really porous bones, very brittle bones, very fragile bones. And so again, this is not a helpful condition that you want to be at. But some of their strength training that they do here with us at FLD, when they've gone back to have bone scans, some clients are no longer osteoporotic or no longer osteopenic. How cool is that? So you don't need to, again, yes, changing your diet is very important, but you also need to include strength training as a part of that. So again, we can put those raw materials to use. So something else that I kind of alluded to before, again, when it comes to bone health and strength training is that it's going to give you some freedom. And so I know for me personally, I have experienced this. You know, when I go to buy dog food, I have a German shepherd at home. He eats big bags of kibble and those kibble bags, you know, are not light to carry out to the car. And so I always it does give me a little a little boost in my pride. Um, when, you know, I carry that bag up to the counter and they check it in and they're like, Hey, you know, do you want help carrying that out to your car? And I can say, Nope, I got it. And I put it up on my shoulder and I farmer carry that out to my car. So for those of you who know FLD terminology, it is a shoulder farmer carry. So, uh, the next time you do that, just think about picking up a nice big bag of kibble for a good old tasselberry. Anyway, I digress, but there's some freedom that comes with being strong, right? You can carry your stuff into the house. You can carry your groceries. For me, I can carry around my kid. Right, because you're a big boy. 
Um, and so that can be really empowering to definitely give women, um, especially when society is oftentimes criticizing the shape of their body and criticizing, you know, maybe you should go into the gym and just do endless amounts of cardio because you need to punish yourself and you need to, you know, work off those cookies that you ate earlier or you have a wedding that you have, you know, in a couple of weeks that you need to squeeze into a dress for. All of those things, not worth it. But again, strength training can give you a little boost in your confidence, can help you feel good about yourself. I mean, I feel like a boss when I can lift some heavy weights and like, man, that makes me just feel so good. I love that feeling. Give me heavy bags all day, any day. So that is where, again, some freedom can come into play with strength training. So it's gonna be important for that. And so again, the science behind building muscle is again, yes, we need to have that stimulus. We also need to make sure that we're eating for that too. Now I'm gonna switch and put my little dietitian hat on for a moment. A lot of times when I meet with my nutrition clients, especially female clients, and we talk about their calorie needs and about their protein needs, usually clients are like, holy cow, I am not eating enough. I am way under fueling my body. And so when they actually start fueling their body appropriately, they can see the difference in the gym. They feel stronger. They feel more confident in moving around some bigger bags. They're able to move up to heavier bags or try the next level. And again, they have more energy to do that. So not only can their session feel more successful, but now you can get stronger because you can accomplish more when you come in to do your session. So again, nutrition is still going to be really important, especially if you are including strength training, especially from a protein perspective. So that way we're giving enough of those building blocks to your muscles to help rebuild it. And then especially from a recovery standpoint too. So both of those things kind of go hand in hand. If you have further questions on any of that, if you want to know if you might be eating enough, if you're kind of noticing that your workout sessions maybe don't feel quite as energized as they once were, please let me know. I want to help you feel stronger and do better in your sessions. Okay, so I kind of alluded to how women kind of go through some different seasons of life, and there are some considerations just to kind of keep in the back of your mind when um, working with clients who might be in different seasons of their life. So for example, um, pre-pregnancy, there really aren't like a ton of guidelines or restrictions or recommendations anyway, um, other than if a woman is intending to get pregnant, if that is a goal, if that's what she is working on at the time, um, just any kind of activity is going to be helpful. So whether it's strength training, whether it's cardio, whether it's yoga, whether it's you know going outside and going for walks. So realistically, we just want we don't want anything super duper strenuous on the body because the body needs to not be in like a super stressed out phase if pregnancy is your goal. Um, so definitely don't like really push yourself each training session um, because that does not set up a good environment for a healthy pregnancy. Anyway, I digress. Um, so nothing too major in terms of pre-pregnancy. But you definitely can set your body up for success with strength training because of all the changes that are going to be taking place. Again, circling back to that movement strength is that we can help strengthen, again, not only your muscles and those movement chains, but we can also strengthen that neuromuscular connection. So that way, when you go through those movement patterns, your brain is firing on all cylinders and connect, can connect with all of those muscles. So that way you are successful in those movements. 
So once we kind of transition into the pregnancy life stage, this is where some of those old school recommendations kind of come into play. So for a lot of that, it usually includes like, don't do cardio, don't get your heart rate more than 140 beats per minute, don't lay on your back anymore, those kinds of things. So realistically though, you, I mean, it also is very client dependent. So you kind of have to play around and see what is going to work best for the client that you're serving. But typically if the client is comfortable laying on their back and they aren't experiencing experiencing any discomfort, then they're probably safe to do it for short periods of time. If a client has been used to going running and having their heart rate much higher than 140, then I think when they come in for a session, if their heart rate's at 150, they will probably be fine. Okay. So this is again, listen to your client in how they are feeling. So for me during the first trimester of my pregnancy with Bo, the main symptom that I had was I was exhausted. Oh my goodness. I was so tired. I would come in, I would do a couple, a couple of training sessions at the gym. I would go home and like nap for three hours. I would eat lunch, maybe come back and do a different workout. And then I would go back home and I would nap again. I feel like when my husband would come home, he'd be like, did you even move today? And, but I was so incredibly tired. And so lifting heavy weights and moving my body a lot, that required way too much energy, physical energy and mental energy. So when I came in for my sessions, I kept everything pretty straight vanilla because I knew that my body was def it definitely felt like I was running on fumes. I know that I was not, um, but it definitely felt that way. <laughs> During my second trimester is really kind of when I started to kind of hit my stride and I felt a lot better. My energy was coming back. Corey was joking the other day that I had suggested we do clean impresses during a 30-30 during one of our sessions that was supposed to be restorative. Um, but I was feeling good and I wanted to do it. So we did it. And it was a great session. So during that second trimester, this is usually when um, a lot of the usual symptoms of pregnancy kind of go away for some women. So not experiencing as much nausea, maybe not as much heartburn, or, or maybe heartburn might be picking up. Again, depends on the client. So second trimester, again, I felt like that was my sweet spot. Um, getting into the third trimester, so one of the lovely benefits of being pregnant is that we have this hormone called relaxin. And so this is essentially going to make all of your joints, all of your tendons and ligaments kind of loosey-goosey. Now we want this because of course when childbirth comes, it is definitely helpful to have everything loosey-goosey so that way a kiddo can fit on through. But when it comes to your training sessions, this can make balance movements really challenging. This can make offset movements really challenging because we can put bands on you and we can give you all of the coaching cues to put the intention where it's supposed to be. But again, sometimes these hormonal and chemical changes that are happening kind of take over. So this is where, again, working with more bilateral stance, we're not pushing super heavy weights just because, again, we might not be able to stay quite as stable as we once were. And the other thing to consider, too, in the third trimester, for me anyway, I had a huge belly. Bubba Man was a big boy, and he took up a lot of space. Didn't you, Mr. Man? You sure did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
So during doing certain movements just felt uncomfortable because my belly got in the way. So getting into a hinge, doing lunges, some of those were more challenging. Now, this does not mean that if you're working with a client who's in her third trimester that you have to ixnay all hinges and all lunges. But just make sure that if you are working with a pregnant client that your communication is super, super open and super strong okay you want to make sure that we're checking in on how everything's feeling and again making adjustments where applicable so once we kind of get into the postpartum phase this is now where the body really just kind of needs to just rest and recover so again coming back to activity i mean it's definitely it feels good mentally to get back in and to, to be moving around and doing things but we definitely don't want to kind of pick right up where we left off um, just because it might be a lot for the body to handle right away. So this is where doing some more restorative movements can be helpful. And especially coming from a pelvic floor perspective. So again, circling back to when I had my special populations class, we just kind of, I don't know, they just kind of glazed over the effect that, you know, women have pelvic floor muscles. And if you're pregnant or if you're postpartum, sometimes you know, there's damage to them. So how about you just do some hip bridges and call it a day? Now, us staff here at Fitness Lying Down, we are going through the DVRT low back certification and we had an entire section that was on all things pelvic floor. Pelvic floor, this is a very misunderstood kind of a grouping of muscles and it is way more nuanced way more detailed than I think anybody could ever really give it justice so now again if I have any guys who are still listening and you're still hanging in there and you're like oh pelvic floor oh boy here we go you have a pelvic floor too everybody has a pelvic floor so this is still applicable to you but there are so many different muscles that sit in your pelvic floor well I guess I should back up what the heck is your pelvic floor this is essentially all of the muscles that sit in your pelvis, so in those hip bones. So these are things that are also going to help stabilize your spine at a very deep internal level. So these muscles are super, super important, um, especially working with anybody who has some low back things. So hence why we learned about it in our low back certification. How lovely was that? But again, for women returning back to activity in terms of pelvic floor support, usually this is coming back to where we are just being very mindful and very kind of slow to progress in a lot of core training things because a lot of these muscles have been stretched, whether it was during pregnancy or during labor and delivery. And they need still some time to kind of get back to their usual state. They're pretty elastic and they can kind of bounce back. Um, but we definitely don't want to do anything that causes extra pain. And so a lot of stuff that comes with the pelvic floor is usually relating back to a motor control issue. Now, what the heck does that mean? That's more so of firing to contract and to relax these muscles. Typically in the postpartum phase, these muscles are super tight because again, they were just stretched to the nine. So they kind of counteract and they get tight, they contract and they hold on. But sometimes they also, we can lose motor control of them. And then that's where things happen with like bladder leakage. So if you're working with clients who maybe have an issue with jumping rope or doing kind of plyometric movements because of that, then definitely doing some pelvic floor um, activity and workout or doing some pelvic floor exercises, I should say, can be beneficial to them. Um, and so 
There is a whole realm of pelvic floor physical therapists that this is all that they do. So I myself went out and met with one as well to make sure that I was just doing things appropriately and kind of just doing my due diligence to make sure that my body could recover appropriately um, after Bo was born. And so there is, again, a lot more nuance to pelvic floor than what uh, a lot of people kind of give it merit to. And it's more than just doing hip or just two. So for me as well, relating to strength training and pelvic floor things and postpartum things, I also had a little bit of diastasis or diastasis, you know, potato, tomato, whatever you want to call it, which is essentially a separation in my core muscles, specifically my rectus abdominis. So some of that connective tissue can get stretched out, obviously, because you're growing a tiny human inside your belly. Now, so again, when you come back to strength training, this is important not because we're going to do all the ab crunches. Heck no. That's actually like one of the worst possible things you could do if you have diastasis. So do not do that, please. Um, but bracing your core when you're going to be lifting heavy weights is now something that's going to require a lot more intention and a lot more thought behind. So I'm going to just leave it at that for pelvic floor things, um, just because there are definitely professionals out there who have a lot more guidance and a lot more insight who can help you with that. But again, a lot of things from pelvic floor usually come down to motor control. So again, connecting all of those muscles together and firing that connection up between our brain and those muscles. Um, and typically it's because they are too tight. Um, as well. So trying to relax those muscles, trying to engage them when we want to, instead of just having them be contracted all the time. One last thing to note when working with female clients or female athletes, again, depending on the setting that you're in, is that, and I kind of alluded to this before, is that again, there's this, this whole different invisible level of body image. And so a lot of times when for some women, when they come into the gym, they're not coming in to just to strength train and to celebrate the things that their body is capable of doing. Sometimes it is kind of like I mentioned that punishment because, you know, maybe you overdid it over the weekend and you feel guilty about some of your food choices or you didn't get as much activity one day. So now you have to make up for it now. But again, making sure that activity, this is supposed to be an enjoyable experience. This is supposed to be something that makes you feel good about yourself and not something to tear yourself down. There actually is something called the female athlete triad. And I learned about it a little bit um, when I was at UWL. Um, <coughs> oh, I got a runny nose all of a sudden. And okay. Oh no, it's itchy. Okay, and I learned about something called the female athlete triad. And so this is something to definitely be aware of, especially if you are working with athletes that might be in the realm of dance, gymnastics, swimming, those kinds of sports, um, just because there's usually a lot more body image things coming along with that, because that's essentially what a lot of, I mean, again, if you think of dance and gymnastics, they're getting critiqued of what their body can and cannot do. And so with the female athlete triad, the three pieces for the triad is going to be low energy availability. So usually there's some sort of either disordered eating pattern, restricted eating. They're not eating the appropriate things. There's something going on with food where their body is not able to get enough energy coming in. And this is, this is kind of a big deal. 
The next layer of that is low bone mineral density. So we can see a lot of stress fractures coming into play. Again, circling back to the poor, um, poor diet. And then lastly, we can see menstrual disturbances. So there might be irregular periods or amenorrhea, which means that they don't have a period at all. So if these kinds of three things are happening at the same time, where again, we're not eating enough, there's stress fractures, excuse me, there's stress fractures, or they're having some issues um, during their sessions, and then they also have lost their menstrual cycle, this is kind of a big red flag. So we wanna make sure that we can definitely give them education on the importance of eating and the importance of fueling for their activity because that's really only going to help support their performance as well. And so again, if we're seeing these disturbances, especially in their menstrual cycle, this definitely is a, is a big signal that something is wrong, something is going on. Um, so those are just a couple of other things to consider. So strength training is very important, regardless of who you are. It is very important, especially if you are female, because again, we can build your muscle, we can build your bones. It's gonna be important in all of those different seasons of life. There is some nuance again to some of those seasons of life. It is not going to just make you bulky right off of the get-go. There's a lot more behind it to get to that point. It can help you with weight management. It can help you feel good about yourself. So, strength training, hopefully you kind of are getting the gist of this is definitely relevant and if you're not doing it you might want to look into ways of doing it so obviously come check us out here at fitness line down because we're some pretty cool people okay i'm gonna stop talking now because i feel like i have met my limit um, <laughs> before i start to turn into rambling so now that you know better let's go out and do better so we can all be better